Yo, this is the Live from the Kitchen podcast with your host, Virgil, from Infrastructure of a Man. And today's topic is your greatest tool in self-discovery. Before I get started, I want to thank you all for being here today as you're listening to this podcast. I have been sick for the last couple of days. I mean, I'm sorry, for the last couple of weeks, actually. So I'm still trying to get my voice back and you know, things like that. So I just want you all to bear with me as we go through this podcast today. So as I talked about, today's topic is your greatest tool in self-discovery. So my greatest tool in learning how powerful I am was studying the beliefs of people who believe the opposite of what I did. This technique of studying is called falsification bias so falsification bias is the opposite of confirmation bias it means you actively look for evidence which disproves your point of view rather than confirms it and using this bias is a good way to counter confirmation bias for those of you know for those of you all who don't know what confirmation bias is Confirmation bias is only looking for supporting evidence or information that supports what it is that you believe. So as you all know, we live in this huge world and there's a lot of information out there. And if you look hard enough, you can find something to support any belief. Anything you want to believe, you can find something to support it. So with confirmation bias is you look for things that only support your your viewpoint. However, with falsification bias, you look for things that are the opposite of your viewpoint. And the reason why this is important is some people's beliefs. And first off, everyone needs something to believe in. Like that's that's as humans, that's what keeps us going. But there are some beliefs that are just way outside of the spectrum. And if you don't want to allow yourself to fall into those things, you have to always be questioning what it is that you believe. I know when I came into my spiritual walk some years back, one of the things that I realized is that I can have an open mind to the world around me because Torah is my foundation. I follow Torah. So sometimes there are things What I've noticed is a lot of people, if it doesn't share the same, if it doesn't look exactly the same, if it doesn't sound exactly the same, if it isn't exactly how they've been taught it to look, if it doesn't look exactly how they've been taught it to look, then they automatically shut it down. But what I realized is sometimes certain things are under different monikers, names, objectives, things like that, but they're the same thing that you do. It just may be called something differently. So I knew that my foundation is Torah, and if it lines up with Torah, then it doesn't matter what it's called. It's in my worldview, it's the truth. So I can go and explore further than a lot of other people because I don't have that fear. And if it and if I go and I study and I'm into it and I'm looking into it, and it doesn't line up with Torah, this was my thought process at the time. If it doesn't line up with Torah, then I know I don't have to allow it to affect me if I don't need it to. So that was very important to me. 
So I was always able to go and look at things with an open mind and don't and not worry about how it affects my spiritual walk because I know what my spiritual walk is. So I also want to read a quote here. I've been reading a book uh, called Designing the Mind, the Principle of Psychitecture. And it's an excerpt by Carl Sagan from the book who wrote a book called Wonder and Skepticism. And the quote states, The truth may be puzzling. It may take some work to grapple with. It may be counterintuitive. It may contradict deeply held prejudices. It may not be constant constant with what we desperately want to be true. But our preferences do not determine what's true. That's a very important quote to go into what it is that we're talking about. And we have to realize that just because we've been told something is true, just because we think something is true, doesn't mean it's true there. There have been certain viewpoints that I've had over my life that as I continue to grow and mold and mature, I realize those things aren't true. And it's okay to let go of those things. It doesn't make you a bad person to have believed something that isn't true. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you ignorant. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you less intelligent. It just means that you've grown in certain areas and it's okay to elevate. You don't have to hold on to something that isn't true just because you thought it was true at some point in time. It's okay to grow. And so this is tying into... Give me one second here. So this is tying into how I got to using this tool, which is what we've been talking about. You know, the tools of of self-discovery, um, what my greatest tool was, which was taking on falsification bias, like just questioning the things that I say I believe. And so when it's really kind of hit home for me, because I've always been that type of person being very inquisitive, but how this really hit home for me I was listening to a podcast one day. I was listening to an Eric Thomas podcast. And for those of y'all who don't know who Eric Thomas is, he's a motivational speaker. He's a very powerful man, very powerful speaker. He does a lot of great things. So as I'm listening to this podcast, him and some of the other fellas that were on the podcast, and they had a special guest on the podcast, and they were kind of like, we're having almost a, like a mini sermon, kind of. There was a lot of singing. There was a lot of testifying. And a lot of things that they were doing were in the name of Jesus and it was a very powerful podcast like it actually moved me so as I'm going through this I don't want you all to get caught up on semantics I understand there are many different types of people that listen to this podcast you hold different religions spiritual walks different worldviews it's okay I'm not here to attack anybody's belief or anything like that um, don't get stuck on the semantics just listen to the story just keep an open mind. I want to tell you all that. Keep an open mind. So now my worldview at the time was power can only come from truth. And truth is when the New Testament Messiah walked the earth, he was not being called Jesus. That's my truth. My 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 supporting evidence for that is there was no A the letter J that we know and the sound that the letter J makes those things were not 
in use in Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek, which were the three main languages spoken at the time that the New Testament Messiah walked the earth. In his area that he lived in, that letter or that sound did not exist at that time. So no one was calling him Jesus. His, his parents didn't call him Jesus. His apostles didn't call him Jesus. The people in his town didn't call him Jesus. The Most High, when he came and said, this is what his name will be, it wasn't Jesus. So no one called him that name. So in my worldview, also the letter J and the letter J sound is only 500 years old. So from, if the Messiah lived 2000 years ago, and the letter J is around 500 years old. That means that there's about a 1500 year gap somewhere, give or take, between what he actually was called and what he's called today. For me, that's important. And for those of you all who are confused by the importance of a name or, or thinks that the name or thinks that translations of names are fine, I want to give you a small example here um hopefully this will resonate with you and you'll kind of understand where i'm coming from so imagine you take a plane you're on a plane trip you take a business trip and you go to another country you're not familiar with that country's language you don't know you know how that country speaks anything like that but there's a car that's supposed to pick you up typically you all know for cars that come pick you up the driver waits for you maybe to have your name on a sign they're calling your name out whatever but let's just say that driver doesn't know how to say your name in English. He only knows how to say your name in their language. But now their name in, in your language may be something different. So I'm going to give you an example. My name in English is Virgil. In Spanish, whenever, especially older Spanish people, whenever they see my name and they say it, because in Spanish... The V is pronounced like a B and the G is pronounced like an H. So it's Boy Hill. So if I were to get off a plane and someone in a Spanish speaking country was saying Boy Hill, Boy Hill, I'm not going, if I didn't know, I'm not going to know that they're calling for me. So I'm going to be lost. And then we're not going to make a connection. And they're not going to, I may not get picked up. Yeah. Now we have other things that, you know, calls and all of that, but let's take all of that out. On the initial pickup, if that person doesn't have my name properly written on their board, and if that person isn't properly saying my name to where I'm used to it, let's just say this is my first trip out the country, I don't know these things, it's a learning curve. Me and that person aren't going to find each other. That's why the important. That's why it's important to have proper names. That's how I always looked at it when it came to the spiritual walk. You have to have the proper name so that where you're proper calling on the proper entity, especially when it comes to how you feel spiritually and what it is that you do spiritually. So this is one of the main reasons why names are important in my spiritual worldview. I want to let you all know that this is my spiritual worldview. So I was confused how individuals could be doing work under an incorrect name and still have success. This is the thing about Eric Thomas that I do know in his in his organization, his company, and the people around him. They do great things 
in this earth. And this is what I do know about Eric Thomas. To an extent, and I don't know how deep, but to an extent, I do know he follows some of the greater tenets of Torah. So, for instance, in his congregation, they have service on Saturdays, which is keeping the Sabbath. He doesn't eat pork. He is a father to the fatherless and he helps the needy. He goes above and beyond to help those that are in need. He goes above and beyond to be a father to the fatherless. He goes above and beyond to make sure things are equal and just to balance. Because anything that is in balance is an abomination to the most high. So I know he does these things, but he's doing them in the name of Jesus that I know of, that I've heard them say. So I'm like, he's doing all of these great things but in a name that we know isn't a name how is he being so powerful how is he still able to be so successful so I, like i was listening to this podcast and i'm and i'm feeling the power i'm listening and i know his background i know the things he's doing i know he's a very genuine man i know these people that are around are genuine people so like it kind of causes some confusion in my head because it goes against what my belief is of certain things and what my view is at the time. So what I did was I prayed and I meditated on my confusion because now I'm like, this man is like really powerful in this, like really going in on this name. And like, he has all of this greatness in his name. It, like, it just isn't making sense to me. So I pray for clarity and understanding. How could this be? And as I continued to pray and meditate on what it was that I was that I was confused about, a Bible verse popped into my head. And the Bible verse was 1 John 4 and 4. And the latter part of 1 John 4 and 4 states, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when it popped into my head that in you, that that's what like seared in my spirit that in you that part greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and that's when it hit me our power comes from within it's in you and then other verses started coming to me so once i realized hold on wait the power is within you other verses start coming to me. Like, for instance, Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14, which reads, I'm reading this from the ESV version as well. For this commandment that I command you today is not hard, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should, that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. All of these things started pumping up to me. And at that moment, I'm getting a rush because I'm thinking about the tools that have been built within me, such as the reticular activating system. The default, net, the default network mode, our prefrontal cortex, 
different breathing patterns that we have that allows us to achieve different mental states and different mental ascensions. Healing pressure points. All of these tools that are within that the source created for me, I was created with. We are created with. A lot of other verses came to me. Those are the two main ones that kind of really stood out to me. Of course, it was the one um, where it says, you are the temple of the Most High and your body is the temple XYZ. So it's like, it's, it's, it's showing me that, wait, our power is within. So what I learned in that moment was, yes, words are important and the things you say matter, but it's your actions that ultimately have the greatest impact. Your actions are what have the greatest impact. There's a certain point where words do matter and the things that you say are important and you have power in words. However, your actions are what ultimately have the greatest impact because you can talk, 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 talk. But if your actions aren't lining up with your talking, then all it is is talk. If you aren't moving forward with what it is that you're saying, then all it is is talk. Yes, you have some people because I'm the type. Of, I'm the person. I'm the type of person that has the gift of gab. I'm the type of person where my words are more powerful than a lot of the people's words, and I have the power of persuasion, and I have a lot of gifts that comes with my voice. However, if I, for instance, this podcast. I get tons of people telling me all the time how powerful this podcast is, how powerful my words are. However, it's not my words necessarily, but it's my action of recording the podcast. If I never record this podcast, if I never take the step in the actions of recording the podcast, well, no one will ever be able to hear my words in the podcast. And that's why we have to understand that it's about your actions more so than anything else now those men have actions that positively impact the world and that's what mattered the things that they were doing that's what mattered so as they were calling on and invoking this name that we know that this character was not called that name we know the new testament messiah was not called that name when he walked the earth but is still able to pull very powerful actions from that name that just goes to show you that the power is actually within that just goes to show you that the source the most high gave you the power he put in you what it is that you need to be successful now I want you to look around at everyone who is successful in life even though they don't follow your worldview, your spiritual view, or your religion, most times it's not because of the devil. Everyone is doing something different from you is not the devil. We gotta like we gotta get that out of our minds. There's a lot of people who have this thought process that if someone isn't doing what I'm doing, then they're evil. They're either evil or wicked or they're following the devil or da da da. da. I don't I don't I don't know if you all realize this, but 
there has been a theme throughout human history that anything that is not understood is often demonized. And it is demonized before it has the opportunity to be truly understood. Do you all know how many times the English settlers, quote unquote, colonizers, whatever we want to call them, went around this earth and they saw people in their indigenous land doing something that was indigenous to them and they demonized it. And then they overtook those people and then they then they told them, you can't practice what you've been practicing. Now these people have been doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and have been working for them. And you have a group of people who came over with more superior weapons, not a superior mindset, more superior weapons that were a little more cunning and told them, you can't do this anymore because we don't really understand it. And then that became the worldview. So just because someone follows a different spiritual view, worldview, religion of you, doesn't mean it's because of the devil. Like their success in doing something different doesn't mean their success is coming from the devil. Everyone doing something different isn't from the devil, isn't the devil. If you are struggling with attaining success, look at your habits, look at your actions, and ask yourself, which Yah-given or God-given tool can you utilize to get where it is that you want to be? If you aren't where you want to be in life, quit being so rigid in your thoughts. Open your mind up and challenge your beliefs because whatever you are holding on to isn't working in your favor. If you aren't the type of parent you want to be for your children, challenge your beliefs you hold in regards to parenting. Many of us have this thought process of what it means to be a parent and we either have a disconnect from our children or we feel like we aren't quote unquote doing enough for our children or whatever. We feel like we're letting them down. All of these things is causing us not to be the full parent we know that we can be. Well, whatever it is that you're holding on to when it comes to parenthood, you need to let that go because it's not working for you. If you have a desired result and you aren't at that desired result, then that means that your actions are off, which means that your beliefs are off, so you need to change that. If you are having repeated failed relationships, challenge your beliefs on relationships and the opposite sex and your relational self, because obviously it isn't working for you. So if you're an individual that's getting into every relationship that you get in, it's, it's it's drama, it's turmoil. Here's the thing, people. There are relationships that people just end because, you know what? We just aren't meant to be. And I know it's very hard for a lot of people to fathom that. But there are relationships that don't end because they're fighting and bickering. Like some people literally walk away from each other like, you know what? You're a great person. I'm a great person. We're actually good, but we just don't mesh relationships are like that everything doesn't have to be so climactic all the time everything doesn't have to be a battle and a struggle all the time if you're if if you've been in four five six eight relationships and 90 percent of those relationships the individual is cheating on you you need to look in the mirror and say hey what am i doing that isn't working for me if you're a type of individual that doesn't value being cheated on, 
but you get with different people who don't know each other, who have no relation to each other, and they all keep doing the same action, it's not them, it's you. So you need to challenge your belief on your relational self. Where is it that you're at mentally? What is it that you're doing that people feel like this is okay for them to do to you? Where is it at that you can't seem to get along with people in a relationship or you seem to get bored or whatever it is? You can't stay faithful if that's the agreement that you all came to. What is it? You don't know how to properly communicate. What is it? Because how you think a relationship should go isn't working for you. If you're trying to base your 2022 relationships on values that, and I'm sorry, not values, but on ideals that your 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s grandparents and parents used, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Here to let you know that's not going to work. You're setting yourself up for failure. If you're going into relationships with a preconceived notion of how you think it should be, you've already set yourself up for failure. Because you can't go into a relationship with a preconceived notion when you have another individual who has a way of doing things. See, here's here's the thing when it comes to relationships. I really didn't want to go off on this tangent relationships, but this is what's coming to me right now. When it comes to relationships, especially here in America, especially with actually across the world, we live in a globalized world now. So back in the back, back, even 50, 60, 70 years ago, you typically dated someone who stayed in your community. When you all were in the same community, the community thought alike. The community had the same virtues. Community had the same rules. Community had the same lifestyles. So you knew what you were getting from this person and, and that person knew what they were getting. Like you all knew what you were getting with each other. So there was a lot of things that you didn't have to fight and fuss over. But now we are in a globalized world. So you're so now we're dating one another and we didn't grow up in... Matter of fact, there's a very little quote-unquote community. Now you just have individual families, if that. So how you were raised in your home and what you were taught in your home is going to be different than what someone else was taught and how they were raised in their home. And that's where a lot of friction comes in that. So that's why our great-grandparents didn't have some of the same relationship issues that we have because there was already a common understanding about who did what and what happened and how things happened. And I've talked about this before. Different cultures had different practices. Some African cultures, the man stayed home and protected the house from burglars and the wife went out and made the money. Right now, in countries like Finland, when it comes to separation, the man actually is the one that gets the child. Majority of the time, not the woman. So like different cultures have different practices. But we live in, in a in a in a melting pot of cultures being a globalized world that we stay in now that now what you expect and what i expect may be different and because it goes against what we were fundamentally taught that's where we have a lot of issues that we like oh i can't get along with this person no you're going into it with an already made up mind about what a relationship is and that's what you're messing up at as opposed to coming together figuring out what works best for you too in a globalized world 
and implementing that and going off of that. You have to throw away some of the things that you've been taught was right or how things supposed to be, and so does that other person. But that's that's in that situation talking about relationships. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent on relationships, but I just felt like I had to get that out. What I want to leave you all with is the understanding that everything, including yourself, is a tool that was put here on this earth for you to be successful and you need to take advantage of it. So my greatest tool that I used, going back to the title of the podcast, my greatest tool that I used in regards to self-discovery was falsification bias. And now I do this in everything in life because I don't, I'm the type of person, I don't want to live a lie any longer. I, I don't care. I'm not going to say I don't care, but I want to know what the authentic truth is. And truth and reality are not the same thing. Your reality is based off your perception. Truth is concrete. Truth doesn't change. And I want to know what truth is, not what I want it to be, but what it is. And then I can live accordingly. So falsification bias has been my greatest tool in self-discovery because it allows me to live in a truthful reality as much as possible i'm still growing still going and you will too but you have to find what it is that your tool for self-discovery is mine was falsification bias what is yours so i want to thank you all for stopping by the kitchen i hope today's entree was nourishing and you come back and visit us again as we go live from the kitchen Thank you.